Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers, and this is Popcorn, where we tell you what is popping in the culture. And my guest today, Jeff Daniels, who has multiple awards. And the way I look at it, he's too modest to say it. Uh, he's just been nominated for a Tony Award as Best Actor for To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway, which is totally deserved. I don't even have to blow smoke with you, you know? <laughs> I actually loved this, you know? Well, it's very nice <laughs> It's of like you. an very amazing nice thing to do. So are you just completely uh, inured to all this now? It's, uh, you have your Emmys. You've been nominated for Tony before for God of Carnage. Does, yeah. it, does it, what impact does getting nominated for an award have on you? You know, it's, it's, um, it is an honor to be nominated because I've been there when I wasn't. And, and this was a big season for drama. Big season for drama on Broadway. There were a lot of them. And, you know, Mockingbird didn't get in his best new play. Did that make you stomp around for a couple of minutes when that Oh, happened? stomp around's a big phrase, but, um, but it, it goes to, sh whatever the reasons are, mm -hmm. it goes to show that it's not automatic. You can't just go, well, then I'll get nominated. And it's still, you wake up in the morning, you know, doing this. You, you want to be invited to the big party, you know, and, and it is an honor to be there. And I, and I, I noticed that when I was um, nominated for God of Carnage. Mm-hmm. That was probably the first big award I'd ever been. The Emmys came later and all that. But, and I was in that room in Radio City Music Hall, and I looked around at all the great work that was all in one place. And these were just the people who were nominated. Mm -hmm. There was other work that didn't get in that was. And you just feel, I'm just glad to get a ticket to the party. You really, Now, anything after that you know, would be great, but... It really is. To get in uh, takes something, too. Well, and, and there's something about the Broadway and the theater community. And I'm speaking to you as a theater guy because yeah. back in Michigan you have your own Purple yeah. Rose Theater. You yeah. know, this is something that matters to you. It does. And you have, even before we start talking about To Kill a Mockingbird, you've signed on for one year of yeah. doing this show. Yeah. Yeah, nobody does that anymore. Well, stars don't, no. <laughs> stars don't. Working stars actors don't. who need the job are in Evan Hansen for their second year and all of that. So mm -hmm. it, it is, you know, it used to be what was done. Jason Robards, Brian Dennehy comes to mind. Uh, Fonda, Henry Fonda did Mr. Roberts for over a year. I looked it up. Lee J. Cobb, Death of a Salesman. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure over a year. Those guys were good. But that was kind of expected, mm -hmm. you know. That's what you did, and you and it's a big, long commitment. But it's not that long when it's Atticus Finch. It's not that long when it's To Kill a Mockingbird. It's not that long when you see what this play and this production does to an audience, night after night after night after night. Um, to get to be Atticus Finch on Broadway, um, six months wouldn't have been enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you, I was happy the, to sign for a year. And I'm interested to see what happens to the performance over the course of a year. I'm six months in now, and it's changed, and it's deepened, and it's gotten smarter and more. It's just gotten better. And so I'm interested to see where it is at the end. When that happens, when you have a director who's, they always use the phrase in the theater, okay, after rehearsal, we've now frozen this show. This is now the way we do it, but can any actors really do that? Because you are discovering something. 
each time. Actor, you, you can do it. You, I call it the mule on the trail performance, <laughs> going down the Grand Canyon. Uh -huh. The mule doesn't even have to look. You know, <laughs> the mule just goes down, and then I do it this way, and then I get to here, and I do it that way. And you think about where you're going to eat throughout the whole show. I've I've seen that. Mm -hmm. I um, think I have too. And that's the trap. You can mm -hmm. get into that. You can literally your mind just floats away, and you're thinking, and you're going, stay here, stay here, stay here, because you know it so well. Bart Shear, the director of Mockingbird, basically he's saying, this is going to move around. I expect you to move it around. I expect you to explore a little bit here and there. Um, you gotta, you got to have enough sense of story and experience to know when you're, I think Alan Alda called it, stuffing the dog. When you're just, suddenly we've added four minutes to the show and it's probably you, you know? <laughs> You gotta, you gotta, is what you're doing, is this thing you found mm -hmm. in month two, and does it lead to something else, and now is this a better place, or do we need to go back here to where, you gotta kind of gotta stay in the lane, but you get to move around, and Bart has given us uh, permission to do that, but I think this cast has really done a great job of serving the story, so they're, and while it moves and changes a little bit. It always seems to be pointed in the direction of serving the story, not some individual, where is my light kind of thing. Mm -hmm. not, not in this cast. But what I noticed when I was at this show was that there were people that I hadn't seen at the theater before mm. because of this property, because of what mm -hmm. Harper Lee wrote. Mm -hmm. There are suddenly people, because we, we read it in school, you know, mm -hmm. but it wasn't work. And there's just something about it and watching what Aaron Sorkin has done to take what Harper Lee did and to update it without updating it, but just making something that's going on in this play speak to us now. Yeah. You know? You had a lot of controversy with that in the beginning. You know, there were people yeah. saying, What are you doing? You can't fuss around with Harper well, Lee. Well, the the estate who was <clears throat> as Aaron will say is the lawyer for the estate, mm -hmm. one person, had some issues with an early draft. Um, I think he ended up with 22 drafts um, by the end of it, so yeah, pretty good chance some of that stuff would have gone away anyway, but, but whatever. It, 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 we got it settled, and <clears throat> the risks for us, I thought, once the lawsuit went, went away, was three adults playing the kids. Mm -hmm. Are we going to get away with that? Mm -hmm. Are we going to overcome Gregory Peck? Mm -hmm. And the last third, the third act of this thing, basically, deviates. Is This is a play based on the book. And now we're going to put Atticus through something that the movie, neither the movie nor the book put him through. And by putting him through that, that, I think, is where Aaron was able to um, relate it to today. Is there goodness in people? that we can rely on? Will the better angel in all of us rise to the top? And in 2019, that isn't necessarily true. And I think Aaron was forcing Atticus to face that, that sometimes you can't just wait for them to do the right thing. No, there's a nudge. And Atticus does some things in this play that aren't very Gregory Peck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's flaws in him, but yeah. it makes it just so more, much more engaging 
because I'm seeing somebody with human flaws doing this. Yeah, and, and, and to be more than fair to Peck, who you know only won an Oscar for it, mm-hmm. it was a different time, early 60s, and it was from the point of view of a young scout, um, nine years old, whatever mm-hmm. she is in the book, uh, looking up at her great father. So he really kind of stayed up on a pedestal throughout the book and pretty much for the movie. And we, weren't, we were a small-town lawyer who gets paid in vegetables trying to raise two kids and he handles land dispute service agreements foreclosures and he can write a will and then the judge comes over to his house and his life changes that's how we approached it but do you feel competitive in any of these awards with the other actors that are nominated in your category in other words are you and brian cranston now just cold staring each other no uh, because no everybody who's nominated wants to win Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to make the speech. Everybody wants to take home that Toby, mm-hmm. Tony, because it's coveted. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's ever stepped on a stage wants that. It's there's it's so special. It, it's I've never been nominated for an Oscar, but I started in the theater in high school and community college, and my Purple Rose Theater Company is 28 years old and off Broadway and coming back to Broadway and keep returning to it, and now. 42 years later, you get to do Atticus Finch. Mm-hmm. You get to do the role of a lifetime on Broadway in the theater. Um, that's a lot to be proud of. Well, and it, so it is. to sit there with, with Brian and Patty and, and all the other guys. Um, Adam Driver. All Adam. People, yeah. The kid Jeremy Pope, I think. Right. You know, it's a great group. And you're part of a lot of great work. A competitive thing. Nobody scores the most points in these things. We're all doing five different things really, really well. Go back to the day that you decided you were going to be Atticus Finch on Broadway. Was there any terror about that ultimate decision that had nothing to do with your committing for a year? Because it's one of the great roles. It's a great character. And despite the fact that we see flaws in him, there's virtue in him. To me, as watching actors all my life and reviewing them, the hardest thing to play is virtue. There's, <laughs> you know, how do you play good and make good interesting? And you've yeah, done it. And maybe Atticus's struggle to remain good, to remain, take the high road. And there's a bit of a struggle for mm-hmm. him in this. Is, it helps that. Yeah. But that's his aim. Because yeah. while he's sitting on that porch... There's a world in the South in, what is it, 1934 mm-hmm. in Alabama. KKK is there. Mm-hmm. He's not initially, he's kind of letting it happen. He's not going, he's not out there trying to change it. He's not carrying placards. No, he's, and I thought that was really interesting. Uh, certainly where he starts. <clears throat> he knows that if he takes this case to defend Tom Robinson, and he sits in front of a jury of white Christian farmers, men. He knows what he's going. He knows this is no longer just executing a will or a foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And he's avoided that. He's just raised his kids. I'm just raising my kids without a wife. I'm raising my kids. And he knows that will change things. Unpleasant things will be said to us. And it's going to go beyond that. You're going to have the KKK come up and visit you on your porch mm-hmm. and go, what are you doing? And I, I, I did a lot of research to kind of understand that kind of just keep your head down and don't get involved and stay out of trouble as a family and just raise your kids and don't get involved. There was a lynching last Tuesday night. 
you, we missed you there. We got another one Friday, you coming? Mm -hmm. And Atticus has to either say, no, I'm not, or tied up that evening, Bob can't make it. And there's a lot of, there are a lot of people, especially in today's America, that are, don't want to look, don't want to see, don't want to, I don't want to know about Russia. I don't want to know any of that. Yeah. Well, and I think Aaron's kind of speaking to that, that American, that, that, that decent, honest, hardworking American who was just doing this, and it's not enough to just look the other way. Not now. It wasn't for Atticus, and it isn't for us now. There's denial and there's accommodation. And Enabling. Yeah. 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 And that's why I think people sit there watching this like this, you know? This is somehow it's speaking to us right now. How, how involved are you going to get? Yeah. Yeah. What, um, was, what was your first encounter with this story? Did you read the book first or did you well, see Well, the, the first movie? encounter really was, um, um, I, I probably had seen the movie as a kid. I don't remember. We didn't read the book. We read Lord of the Flies and Farewell to Arms, which just wasn't on the public school curriculum where I was at. Um, Aaron said, do you want to play Atticus Finch? And I didn't blink. Absolutely. I think partly because the last five years, ten years now, I've been taking chances and I've been challenging myself, doing things that I wouldn't, that other people think I can do, but I don't know how to do. So say yes and now figure it out. Um, Squid and the Whale. <laughs> you know, even a godless later on. Certainly, Newsroom and McAvoy with Aaron on HBO was a swing or a miss, you know. And it, we hit it, so great. But also, when, when Atticus came along, I mean, what greater challenge is there to take on a role that, that Gregory Peck is known for? Can you find a way into Atticus? Can you come up with an Atticus that allows people to think of Atticus in a different way other than the way Gregory Peck played him without taking anything away from Gregory Peck. And I, and I keep saying this, and it's the only way that I could go about it, was Peck either gave the definitive, can't imagine anybody else in the role, performance, mm -hmm. or he's the only guy who got to do it. And I had to take he's the only guy who got to do it mm. and then delete everything else. And, you know, when it comes to the play... I originated that Atticus, not him, not anybody else. And 50 years from now, when Aaron Sorkin's play based on the book is making the rounds of theaters and regional theaters and colleges, my name will be in there, mm -hmm. which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Remember the Samuel French and Dramatist Play Services? You'd get the play the, uh, as a young actor, and you'd open the first page, and there's Al Pacino did this play. Mm -hmm off-Broadway on such and such a date. That matters to actors, to be the guy who originated it, which is how I look at it. What did you learn from playing him that you didn't know when you, said, you first said yes to this? What if, did you learn anything about Atticus and also learn anything about yourself from playing this? Doing things the right way um, isn't easy. especially today. And for someone like Attic, Atticus, the most honest person in Maycomb County, he's called. 
to have to fight in order for people to do what's right, what's just, what's decent, what's respectable. I guess it's just a great reminder every night about how difficult uh, it is right now in our country and how, you know, as Scout says at the end, all rise. I mean, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, it, and it's, you go through it. You do that closing summary every night and you look over at that jury box and the chairs are all empty and I put people in those chairs sometimes or maybe in the news today you know who are basically just looking the other way Mm -hmm. going well well so what's going to happen to you when this is over when you've done that year do you go back to Michigan or do you jump right back off the wire and start working November and December I'm taking off Mm mm-hmm I'm forcing myself. I play music, so I enjoy this. Me, 10 years ago, even five years ago, book a tour, November and December. (laughs) We'll be done right before the 24th. Christmas is the 25th, right? Yeah, we'll bring it in. We'll finish in Milwaukee. I just need to just November Mm -hmm. and December, go back to Michigan, you know, play with my dogs. And... uh, and get ready for after the first of the year. We're looking, I'm looking into some things after the first of the year that I, I hope get to happen. You used to talk about how the music that you create would often come out of things that happen in your life. Uh, did Mockingbird and Atticus have any effect on you musically? Have you done anything musically? No, to I have nothing, nothing for Atticus. Sometimes that, oh, and here's a song, Atticus Finch's song. I, no. <laughs> the ballad no. of Atticus Finch. I'm no. working on a play right now for my theater company, Purple Rose Theater Company, that uh, based on a song I did that Lanford Wilson, Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, mm-hmm. wrote the words to. A song called Road Signs. It's up on iTunes. And... He wrote that in 1978, handed it to me and said, I don't know if it's a song, it's more of a poem, but see what you can do with it. Put some chords to it and did that. Um, So I'm writing a play based on that song, why he wrote it, looking back as to when he wrote it, and then I'm able to put in more songs, play a musical play with these people who are on a bus ride from Lebanon, Missouri to Chicago in 1977. That's what the poem is. It's, It's... talking about the people on this bus ride. That's intriguing. Well, you, can is. you so, give us something? We have a guitar here? We desperately need one. There we <coughs> go. Oh, there you go. I know, it's eight performances a week. <clears throat> I'll give you a piece of the road signs, uh, okay. Landry Wilson. Two five-year-olds are fighting a gun battle in the aisle. Their mother's been talking about refrigerators for 50 miles. Retired bartender showing photos of his bar. Black girls wailing and bending ears. The top ten tunes for the past ten years. Going to Detroit to be a star. She says, and me and my sister, we strut our stuff. Those Motown jivers they got nothing on us. And I'm a saying, my, 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 my. 
and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. It's beautiful. It's a story. Lanford's it's words. poetic. Lanford's Lanford words. Lanford means a lot to you, you know, in the beginning of your career. Yes, he did. I mean, Scott, yes, he did. 5th of July, all of that, you know? Yeah. A lot of things come full circle, but in the end, when you're on the street walking, are children still coming up and screaming dumb and dumber at you? Children? That's the guy? <clears throat> Republicans in their 70s. <laughs> come on. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that may slightly change unless there's a third one. Jeff? Thank you, Peter. Always great to talk. Pleasure. Yeah.